BS Free Witchcraft is a production of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Nerd and Tie produces podcasts ranging from actual play to true crime, and you can find more at nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Welcome to BS Free Witchcraft, your monthly guide to the modern witchcraft movement. Mine's a lot of the usual, well, bullshit. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and it is December of 2022, and uh, we're going to have an interesting episode this month. You see, back in September of 2021, I did an episode on Mapon and Aiden Kelly. Um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that episode, but the one thing that's really easy to forget when we're talking about the modern witchcraft movement is when we talk about people directly, a lot of them are still around, you know, active, like we're, we're not that old a movement. <laughs> And uh, there's always the risk that the person that you're talking about is going to hear it. And that's exactly what happened. You see, back in October, Aiden Kelly reached out to me and we had a really interesting conversation. And he let me record it. So I could release it on the show. And so that's... That's what most of this episode is going to be. One of the reasons why Aiden Kelly reached out to me was because in that episode, I stated that uh, Aiden Kelly was an oathbreaker. And Aiden Kelly objects to that characterization. Um, and that's the characterization. I said it because that's what uh, Donald Frew uh, said uh, in the 90s about Aiden Kelly. And so that's where I was coming from. That was my, my source on that statement. Now, Aiden Kelly, again, disputes this. And, look, I'm not here to tell you who to believe and who not to believe on this subject matter, but I think what gets lost a lot of the time in conversations about this sort of thing is people take sides. This is a disagreement between two human beings over something. And one person has their side of the story and the other, and, and a, like, a whole... There's this thing where we forget these are just, we're just a bunch of people, right? Like, one of the things about the modern witchcraft movement is no witch really has, like, is, like, all that more important than any other random human being. But we still, like, have these divisions over what is ultimately a disagreement between two people. And we let it affect and have these ripples. Yeah, so w with that, I'm going to now cut to... The conversation I had with Aiden. Now, I, I want to point out, I had zero time to prep for this. <laughs> this was a spur-of-the-moment uh, conversation. So, and, and the video doesn't start, for those watching this on YouTube, it takes a, about a minute for me to get the video. The, the audio recording starts right away, but the video recording takes a moment to kick in. Um, I'm just... Yeah, this was this is just this is not a like prepared interview. This is just two human beings talking. So please enjoy. Well, I suppose the main thing to do um is deal with Prue's accusation that I broke ordinarian oaths. Um because I honestly don't believe I ever have. Um you know, and, and the, the priestess who did my first degree initiation, 
is available and, and she'll tell you about that too if you want um so where this start from well really the uh thing that changed in my life that that set this whole thing off is that i got sober <laughs> you know yeah. i got to my first aa meeting on september 12 1976 uh, i've been sober ever since um and you know i was still active in the craft but you know after about six months um it was just too difficult i mean Circle was my favorite place to drink. Um, and just not drinking in Circle, you know, after six months was just, just too hard. So I just deactivated from the craft. Um, as I've said, you know, I just became inactive. I, I never resigned. Um, and so about March of um, 77, when that happened, one thing I did was put together a set of papers um, documenting the fact that, you know, I'd written some of the most basic rituals for the Nerug when we were creating it. Um, because some of those has been published under three other people's names at that point. Um, and so ha having the documents that I had written it was useful. And I included a you know a little summary history about the Nerugs and like that. And I donated those papers to um, the GTU library, you know, because that was where I was doing my doctoral program. Um, you know, and, and Fru saw them. He got a, got a copy of them. You know, but in those papers, that's what he's claiming were names and, and addresses were published in, and they weren't. Okay. Uh, the people listed in there were, I listed only, you know, craft names or sometimes, you know, first name and initial, uh, but only for people who didn't have really unusual first names. Um, and there were no addresses whatsoever, you know. And, you know, Fru knew that he was lying about that because that's what he was doing, you know. But he could guess that nobody, very few people yeah. ever go get try to get those papers from the library right. and check up on it. Um, well, that's that's why I was, you know, when when I was going through the accusations, I was I was going like, even if the 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 information was in those papers, is it really that like a pub a, a public disclosure? If you have to go through that much work to even find the information, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like even yeah. if even if what he was saying was true was it mm -hmm. really endangering anyone if someone had to go through all of those steps to get a hold of that information to begin with? I feel like it would be easier to like, just try to stalk people off of the internet at that point, even then, you know, yeah. Usenet. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, you know, my, my own research about craft history, um, I explained, you know, in preface to the corrupting out of magic and in inventing witchcraft about how I did this is that, oh, about 1971, I got curious about Gardner's statements that um, his, his original covenant information had been fragmentary. And I wondered if you could identify in, in his rituals and writing um, what he had started with. 
know, I didn't expect to ever be able to see. You had to have his original papers, you know, yeah. edited stuff wouldn't count. I didn't expect to ever see any of that stuff. You know, some coming somewhere went over it all. But it, really to my surprise, it started falling into my lap. Um, uh, Charles Clark, who had been Gardner's secretary for about the last four years of his life, had sent a set of uh, Gardner's own book of pa- book of shadows pages uh, to Carl Weschke at Llewellyn um, okay. you know, to you know pay a debt or something, and but he hadn't told Carl what they were. You know, he just said papers that Gardner sent to his, his approval. So Carl just basically saved them in a file. And I was doing research on um, the Old Laws document from the Book of Shadows, but two different versions had been published. And, you know, being in a doctoral program, I was applying text criticism to try to reconstruct what these two versions had, had been diverged from. Sent that paper to Isaac Bonowitz, who was okay. the editor of, of uh, Carl's, you know, uh, Mastica magazine. Yeah. And Isaac um, showed that to Carl, and he remembered, oh, he had this pile of stuff, gave it to Isaac. Isaac read it and re- recognized what it was. It just, you know, went into orbit. <laughs> so he copied all that along with uh, Gardner's correspondence to Carl and two different typefaces and handwritten like this and sent all of that to me. And I could see what it was and start, started working um, on figuring out what was going on, um, you know, which I did. And then um, a year later, I was able to go to uh, the Ripley's headquarters in Toronto and their director of research there showed me this manuscript book, the book of Ye Art Magical, which contains the, the oldest known um, drafts of some of the basic mm-hmm. Book of Shadow virtuals and like that. So I was able to put all of that together um, into a book. Um, and that book-length manuscript was what satisfied my comprehensive examination on sociology of religion for my doctoral program. Um, and that manuscript, I written another contract to Carl for, for publication. He turned it down. It was just too scholarly and too difficult for his readership. You know? um, so it didn't go any further. It wasn't my dissertation. It was a comp exam. You know, My dissertation was a three-act musical comedy uh, <laughs> about the myth of Persephone turning it into a situation comedy. Um, and um you know you know and that's that's well it's never been fully performed you know but i published a script in a, in a recent book that i i've been using as a text for um of course i've been teaching for the wilson scene seminary um i'm almost done done with the course right now and that's been a lot of fun um okay let me try not to lose track here <laughs> Um, anyway, so all of that research was done with publicly available materials. Uh, anyone else could have gone to Carl or to Ripley's and found that material if they'd known what to look for. Right. Yeah. 
it didn't involve any kind of oaths because I didn't accept the Gardnerian initiation until 1987, you know, 12 years later. And um, Meredith added a, a line to the initiation specifically saying that it, the, the secrecy of the initiation did not apply to the research I'd done before that. <laughs> okay. And other people have jumped up and down and said, she shouldn't have done that. I, I should have been um, obligated to keep secret stuff that was publicly available. You know, a lot of the hard guards seem to think that things are still secret, even if they've already been published. <laughs> Bizarre. Well, you know, it's, there's the old joke, how many Gardnerians does it take to screw in a light bulb? Can't yeah. tell you, Kevin, secret. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um. Anyway, so there was a period there, there, uh, you know, 77, you know, when I got sober, um, you know, I had, I had difficulties, you know, working the 12 steps, which I certainly knew I needed to do to stay sober, uh, by using the, the craft as a support network for it. It's just nobody in AA knew anything about the craft. Nobody in the craft knew anything about AA. You know, it was just yeah. out there. And, you know, I'd been raised Catholic, blew out of it as a teenager. Um, but I never dealt with the real physical and theological and other problems of Catholicism as an adult. And so I tried being a practicing Catholic again for during about 10 years and you know helped me keep sober all right and i dealt with all of that stuff i, I mean it was also doing you know two new testament studies as part of my doctoral program so i really had the information um and you know 10 years was enough you know i, I quit doing that and come back to the craft again um with not being quite so much a, a leader as, as I had been. Um, but it, it got it to work for me. Well, you know, during that 10 years that I wasn't active, um, uh, through, I don't remember offhand exactly when his initiation date was. I, I think it was sometime in the 70s. And he'd been able to, you know, pass himself off as the expert on the craft history and root history and what what and all that during that period well i came back and started being active in the group again and he wasn't the big expert anymore and he really disliked that and he decided to make life difficult for me which he did i mean he he pulled all kinds of crap on me and i'm not, I'm not so thick-skinned but he did get through to me and finally um he, he got into interfaith work Okay, which he's really good at. He can afford to do it like this. And so that gave him something more interesting to do. And he quit harassing me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but when you all... harass someone online and put it there, it's forever. Yeah, yeah. You know. So um, for the most part, I've just you know, for, been forgetting about it. But lately, um, I mean, Fru's flat-out lying, you know, really is affecting my life now, unfortunately. 
Well, you know, I don't know um, if, if you know, but in the last couple of years, it's really been the last two or three years, there's been um, a resurgence in kind of the pushback. Like, they really all focus on, like, the reason why my podcast episode was all about, like, Mabon and, like, focused on that is because, <laughs> like, that's their inciting point. And it's like, for the last couple of years, every September, it rolls around that, like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Some some Gardnerian gets real mad on the internet and starts dragging up everything like and pulling up the Usenet posts from like the mid nineties from Fru, and like <clears throat> it, it, it's it's just dumbfounding mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. because yeah. like like I, first off I think that there's uh, oftentimes like because I mean witchcraft has like the modern witchcraft movement has kind of exploded over the past really 15 years like compared to where it was like i started in the mm -hmm. 90s because i'm i'm in my 40s so i started mm -hmm. as a teenager in the 90s and uh but it's really been over the last 15 years it's kind of been this explosion in in witchcraft and i think a lot of the newer witches today uh don't always recognize that the the people like the people involved in the stories that they find and like the people whose whose books they found are often like even even the ones who aren't living weren't it wasn't that long ago that any of this stuff happened right and um especially when they come from a point of view especially like uh for religious witches like wiccans and like they come from this point of um a lot of them come from christian backgrounds where like if anything is like faith related it's this ancient thing set in stone they don't realize that a lot of the stuff that like that they're reading or they're going through were real interpersonal conflicts between people who are often still here like these are yeah. these are just people <laughs> and yeah and that same pettiness that exists in the squabbles that they're dealing with in their own personal lives is exactly what was happening with the yeah. the, the other people in the movement just yeah people. right yeah for sure one common trait throughout this movement is none of us are saints. <laughs> That's a basic rule in AA too. Well, and I, <laughs> see, there's been this rise, especially in the last few years, of kind of this purity culture of like, if you do anything wrong, that like you should suddenly all of your work should be condemned. And I've my usual response to that is that if you're not capable of seeing things in shades of gray, maybe witchcraft isn't the right place. For <laughs> I like that line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, well, okay. I don't know where else to go with this. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing with Maybon, you know, is, and I've explained this in print. Other people explained it in print, you know, um, as a poet, you know, I was putting out a calendar. Yeah. And, you know, I liked that they, we had the Celtic names for, for the fire festivals, but there were only three names for, for you know, Celsius yeah. and Equinoxes that had pretty much a Saxon background, you know. Um, and I didn't like it. It was a, an aesthetic imbalance in this calendar I was putting out, not not to have a name other than autumn equinox <laughs> and so i started thinking about well what would fit here the and main cultural association with with that is that the mysteries of eleusis about persephone mm -hmm. okay yeah that began at the full moon nearest the fall equinox and in judaism you know 
the story of Abraham and Isaac yeah. is read at Rosh Hashanah, which falls on you know the uh, the new moon closest to the to the fall equinox. You know, so we have these kind kind of ancient associations. So I said, well, um, is there a northern myth of some sort about the rescue of a child from death? Um, that might be attached here. So I went looking, and there, there's not one Saxon one, but there was in, in the Welsh, in the Mabinogion, yeah. that, you know, Mabon ap Modron yeah. was rescued from the underworld by King Arthur. Um, and, you know, and, you know, Mabon ap Modron, meaning the son of the mother, is quite parallel to Cora uh, as being, right. you know, girl, the daughter of the mother. Um, and you know so that fit okay so you know you keep getting people saying but maybon doesn't belong there he belongs in the spring equinox or whatnot and you know, look you don't understand the, the answer if you don't understand the question i wasn't asking where he belonged <laughs> i was asking well, what meaning you know yeah. fit with, with the fall equinox well and, and i think and, i think that they're that often the people who, who make this argument first off like it like, the, the, I think they just ignore the value of the fact that it's also just nice to have a nice two-syllable, five-letter name for a holiday. Yeah. And yeah. That, I, like, I like your point that Maybon is our own thing. No one else uses it. Right. <laughs> cool. It's well, it's because you know, it's we we take a look at the the other like especially like Yule and things like that. There are, you know, pre-existing things that are associated with that name. Um, now it's. Does the the autumn equinox really have anything to do with Mabinot Modron, like mythically? Besides, like obviously you've you've made a a, a thematic uh, connection, but that is arguably just a personal thematic connection. Mm -hmm. um, it's but 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 I you know really in the sense of like I think that's sometimes it's okay just to give something a good name. Like, yeah, everything's gotta like. And and every association um, has to start somewhere. Like everything got a name because someone once decided, "Hey, let's call this that." Yeah. You know? And yeah. I think that when we there's this fetishization of trying to find the oldest name and trying to find something in history. And I'm not saying that 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 it doesn't have value to give something a name that is traditionally associated with it, but I'm just saying it doesn't make it. It, it doesn't mean it can't have equal value to then in modernity just come up with a new name to give the thing that we're making. Because if anything, the modern witchcraft movement is less than 100 years. Wicca is less than 100 years old for you oh, know, yeah. what Wicca is. Yeah. You know, it's like Gardner didn't really Gardner and Valiente really didn't come up with what we call Wicca now until the 19, you know, until Brickett would. It's so I it's OK for something just to be new. And I think that this, <laughs> this this need to 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 link it back to something older than that is just like just it's a good name. I know. Well, you know. Name. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's an ongoing human weakness that uh, people's attitude is. Well, if Wiki is a new religion, then it's not a real religion because all the real religions are old religions. You know, looking at Judaism, you know, as the archetype, 
Well, no. Um, all religions start as new religions at some yeah. time and place. You know, and the fact is, Judaism didn't begin until 621 BC when Hilkiah of Jerusalem wrote the book of the law of Moses that became the, the core of the Torah. You know, and he based that on the legend of Moses. You know, that was his foundational myth. Um, and so people would believe, were happier to believe in, in that Moses was the founder, that, and Hilkiah just kind of kept himself out of the picture, you know which is why he's not recognized. Well, Gurdjian was doing the same thing. It was easier. People would believe more easily that he had a, a book passed down from the Middle Ages than that he had wrote all of this yeah, well, himself. Gardner, Gardner liked yeah. the claim he had a book handed down from the Middle Ages, yeah, too. Though, right. so yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, and, and the generation of dead grandmothers, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, oh, crud, I'm losing my train of thought Sorry. again. Uh, no, well, I do I'm, I'm very good at derailing people, also. Yeah, uh, um, okay, so where were where was it going? This well, you know, part, part of this coming up is that, um, you know, Fru's lies really are endangering my family at this point, okay? Um <clears throat> I've been publishing you know, a lot of my stuff, you know, self-publishing on Amazon and like this. Um, but just a matter of weeks ago, I had put together a an anthology of uh, <clears throat> you know readings in in pagan spirituality. I've taken a lot of historical documents and uh, re-edited them to make them more accessible. Now I got rid of all the these and thous in this crap because translating you know documents from other languages that didn't distinguish between do and z as you know familiar and formal parts of, of you know second person pronoun and and all this crap well you clear all that out and all of a sudden it's much more current um i mean if you believe that the isis is immortal and still around Okay. Mm-hmm. If you can read something that sounds like it was written in modern English, all of a sudden that's a better connection. And I was right. able to do this stuff like this. Anyway, it got to be a good sized manuscript. And so I'd sent it off to a publisher I've known for about 40 years, mostly as a courtesy, because she's a real nutcase. Um, and she had sent the, this thing off to, to an editor to evaluate it. And he wrote back and said, no, it's really publishable, but your problem you may have with Kelly is, as an author is that the, that the Gardnerians all hate him. Um, so, yeah, but the Gardner- I, honestly, the Gardnerians have very little influence oh, on I know. anything anymore. I, it's, I know. It, I, <laughs> they are such an insignificant percentage of the current movement, of even of Wiccans, let alone... Like, because mm-hmm. I mean, the current mm-hmm. thing with the modern witchcraft movements is the non-Wiccan modern witches are actually oh, yeah. starting to increase in such a larger percentage. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, the the, the hard guards—if they were one percent of the total population—it's um, probably an overestimate. They're just the noisiest. Well, it's—I mean, <laughs> because Gardnerians are only make up a part of British traditional Wicca, and British traditional Wicca is only a fraction of Wiccans mm-hmm. today, and not even a large percentage anymore. Yeah, 
I know, I know. Yeah. And I'm I'm not quite sure I I'm in touch at I, all with yeah. how the movement is. Ar- arguably, arguably, uh, British traditional Wicca hasn't been uh, the majority since at least the '90s, with the mm-hmm. explosion of the the publishing boom of of witchcraft literature in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I mean, like, I come from a generation, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a solitary eclectic. I self initiated in the mid '90s. It's you know. It, mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. I have never been part of an organized tradition, and the fact is okay. that like um, most Wiccans I have met in my life come from the direction that I did. Like I've I've known plenty of Gardnerians over the years, um, and and other British mm-hmm. traditional Wiccans, but they are like I can count on one hand the number that I'm still in contact with. It's, yeah, yeah. Like I know, and. You know, among Gardnerians, you know, the hard guards who hate me are a, a small minority. I, I'm yeah. in touch with plenty of Gardnerians and per- perfectly good firms, firms with. And like I said, you know, Meredith would be happy to write to you if you wanted to tell you I'm okay with her still. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so so this, um, you know, editor had written back to, to warn Bev, publisher of uh, she might have a publicity problem with me. And I asked people, in, including Meredith, to write to her, say, you know, that, and, um, you know, she, that, that my reputation with the hard cards was not something that could possibly affect her. Well, receiving uh, emails from people she didn't know just pissed her off. And she decided to forget it. But the editor turned out to be an old friend. Um, or acquaintance anyway, that I had done some research for on uh, something he was trying to track down about a company that existed decades ago. Um, and he was in contact with an editor at Inner Traditions, okay, and mentioned this as manuscript to him, and that editor wanted to see it. Um, so I was able to send the, uh, the manuscript off to him and he was able to pitch it to the higher ups, and they're still thinking about it. I may be hearing back. Um, I also told him I had a real research and creative manuscripts about Gnosticism um, that I just about wrapped up. But he wanted to see that too, so I was able, able to do some final touches on it and get that off to him. And he's promised to read it and to have read it by tomorrow. He may be able to do that, and so I'll be hearing back from him. And I'm hoping, you know, I, I will have a real publisher instead of doing self-publishing. And you know, I'm kind of hopeful about that, you know. Um, but, you know, what I'm, you know, looking at at this point is because of Prue's lies and effect on, on the hard guards, um, I have, have someone interfering, you know, with with my being able to be published. The people in our traditions don't give a damn about anything about that. Um, they're they're actually the, but thinking about being able to tap into this whole witchcraft market, and I would be useful for for them to do that. Um, well, hopefully, um, you know, it's, it's all looking. I don't know. It's looking encouraging, considering what health and financial problems my family is going through right now. Um, so you know, that would be you know that would be a good thing. Um, 
you know, and I, you know, I haven't wasted any energy on fruit for uh, at least 20 years, you know. Um, you know, so having, having like something like this pop up, you know, because of the yeah. other podcast, it's just, oh, well, it's, Jesus Christ. It's honestly like I hadn't heard anyone complain about you for years until like uh, two years ago when that Seeking Witchcraft episode came out and it was suddenly getting passed around. And that's when like the, the backlash really kind of started. Mm -hmm. the the new one and so it's just because it's like it's when we talk about fru like it's you know he's not saying anything new it's just that people found his posts from you know 25 years ago yeah so it's yeah because when you say when you put it on the internet it stays forever um yeah (laughs) yeah and every yeah oh i hope nobody finds my posts from the 90s (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, I think all of that kind of covers everything I wanted to share with you about this. Um, People need to understand that, you know, religions are human creations. You know? You can believe if you want that, you know, God inspired uh, the, the scriptures, but uh, he always had to recruit a human being to do the actual writing for him. Never noticed that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, uh, and, you know, it's just, you know, my viewpoint as, as, a, no, as, a, as a Gnostic, really, um, is you know, believing in historical nonsense is bad for your mental health. You know, if yeah. you believe something that's simply factually untrue, and then you base a decision even in part on that, the consequences may be catastrophic. You, you cannot predict what might go wrong. You know, yeah, uh, it's not a good idea for, for people to be in that kind of danger. You know, yeah. Um, instead of having you know philosophical um, criteria or something, yeah. You know, part of the problem I have with the hard guards is that you know it's again bad mental health. You know, the people have simply believed uh, what Fru has said, and that other people had repeated without ever going and, and checking it out. You know. Um, yeah, it's it, like it because I also think like there there are people. I mean, there are there are a good percentage of people like me who just didn't care if what he said was true because <clears throat> like it's like to be fair, like I never thought to investigate. You know, it's I I, I read Fru's accusations, I heard what Gardnerian said, and my like like I knew that I knew that you maintained that you hadn't you know betrayed your mm-hmm. but like. It was like for me, like the point of view I was coming at it from was like, okay, so if the worst thing the guy did was betray his Gardnerian oaths, I mean that like in that situation, yeah, that would be kind of crappy to do if that were true. But like, mm-hmm. I I always felt like you know what it always came up in the con- like the context it would always come up in would be like like you'd bring up that. That you know the 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 work you published, like you know, revealing the you know the kind of uh, 
the fact that Wicca wasn't ancient and all this stuff and like that like the Gardarians had kind of been like whether they had purposely been pushing a lie they had you know like I'm not saying that they were purposely doing it but they had at least unquestionably been pushing a lie and like the, it, it almost seems like it's in a lot of cases it's an attempt to absolve responsibility of that action by saying ah but the person who revealed it they're the real villain of this piece you know? <laughs> and it's like yeah. pay no attention to this I'm, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's the part that always drove me nuts. And so it's like, I was like, it was frustrating to me that the, they would always try to change the subject to that instead of dealing with the, the implications of, of what had been revealed to begin with, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's, that's, I don't know, for, like, yeah. I, I came from the generation, like, it's so, like, while while your work had been published when I became a Wiccan, it wasn't still widely known. All of the resources that were out there still presented Wicca as this ancient thing when I became a Wiccan. Like, and it's it's a lot, it was, it, it's amazing to me that within the Wiccan community that the, the idea that the the age of the religion persisted well even into the 2000s for a lot of, like, published sources and things like that. And, like, it, I... It was actually kind of very freeing to me that when it when it, it when I did learn in in my twenties that like that that Wicca wasn't ancient and that like it I think it's actually kind of freeing for Wicca that Gerald Gardner was such a flawed person because there's mm -hmm. an instinct to venerate the people who who start things mm -hmm. like there's well, there's an instinct to venerate him as a figure and by just like no he was kind of making stuff up is like it's it's freeing to recognize that this person was just a flawed human being and and actually like it means that we're we're following this not because it was given to like i became a wiccan not because the 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 person who created like the founder of the religion was this great person no it's because the idea was good like and that the ideas of it resonated with me and I don't need to like I can hold the, the ideas to themselves and not the person who came up with them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so not not having to to venerate that like it's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But yeah, like like I said, um, in, in the uh, messages, you know, I appreciate the publicity. <laughs> You know, I think it was P.T. Barnum who said something like, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, He's also, yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend people check out your stuff. Like it's it, it's also like historically important for the modern witchcraft movement. Your your works are important. And I think that needs to be acknowledged, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. whether, whether people agree with you or not, you know, they should mm -hmm. read you. And that's I think that's important. Yeah. 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 Then they increase book sales. That'd be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, self-publishing. I mean, the woman I sent stuff to has been on my case a lot that self-publishing is a waste of time. You need a real publisher like me, and then, then she's just impossible to work with. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, honestly, self-publishing is not the, the worst. Um <laughs> I mean, no. it it limits you on on distribution. It's true, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's I mean, if it's the route to get the work out, it's the route to get the work out. 
It's yeah. Self-publishing is the the boom in self-publishing has been a double-edged sword. It's gotten um, a lot of people who deserve to be published past the gatekeepers of traditional publishing, but it means that everybody can get past the gatekeepers of traditional publishing. So mm -hmm. it's the signal-to-noise <clears throat> ratio is just, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it it has like allowed um, some people to like it's actually been really helpful in like the um, the secular witchcraft movement. Um, like a lot of the the book like a lot of the, the the books that i recommend for people to read in that realm none of them are published by a major publishing house because the um the people who normally publish witchcraft books usually lean towards wicca and will lean towards like more religious witchcraft but the secular witchcraft movement like uh brina garen who is a a writer who um she also has a podcast on the network that i'm on um she like her her book Grove Daughter Witchery is self published, but it is like mm -hmm. when beginners come to me and ask me for book recommendations, that is the first book I usually put them towards if they're looking at non Wiccan witchcraft, like hmm. for some for like a useful book for beginners, and mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. there's no way like it's and and you know it's you know she still works a day job, but you know it's it it's mm -hmm, it's done mm -hmm. well enough in sales but it she self-publishes that through um through amazon through the mm -hmm, Kindle direct mm -hmm. publishing because wow. that was the only way to get the book out there yeah i know it's much better to do it that way than have the damn manuscripts you know getting moldy in the bottom of the closet yeah oh what's her name because uh, i hadn't heard of her and i'll try, oh, try to look that yeah, up her name is Bree Nagarin. b-r-e-e N-I-C-G-A-R-R-A-N. Okay. 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 Again, I'll try writing it down. Okay. Uh, it's uh, her first name is Bree, B-R-E-E. -E. Okay. And the last name, Nagarin, is N-I-C-G-A-R-R-A-N. Okay. Okay. And the book of hers I recommend is, yeah, Grove Daughter yeah. Witchery is the book I usually recommend of hers. Hmm. Rogue? Grove Daughter, as in G R O V E. Oh, Grove Daughter. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll look that up. Thank you. Yeah. Now, that'll be useful. Um, it's very odd that um, I just got a message a day or so ago uh, from a guy named Mickey who uh, lives in Tacoma, like I do. And he said he'd been uh, finally reading Drawing Down the Moon, and it mentioned in there I was in Tacoma, and so he sent me a message to see if I was still here, and yes, I am, and so I'm going to meet with him um, next week sometime, so he can pick my brains, he said. Okay. <laughs> I'll be what help I can. I mean, my wife and I do not run an active company now. I just... Um, not with health problems and um you know one uh one problem about not being able to charge people for initiations and teachings and whatnot is it means there's very hard to ha have a, a fair energy exchange <laughs> to make it worthwhile to keep up with doing that <laughs> you know i've been writing some something um right now putting together yet another manuscript of um I'm think, thinking of, of titling Wicca 501, Witchcraft for the Elders. <laughs> um, giving hints on, now, you know, advanced material to maybe arouse your interest again, 
and cure the burnout some from uh, oh really you know I one uh, one which I knew Crystal Chris was on Staten Island had the bad habit of cooking a banquet for her coming every time they're coming over and doing the dishes herself afterward. And I'm saying, no, if you want to be able to keep doing this, you have these, these people come over. If they want to eat, they bring and cook the food and clean up, you know, and do the dishes themselves afterward, you know, and they clean up the temple room to make it spotless in honor of the goddess before you do the circle, you know, uh, et cetera. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you can't allow anything about the coven to stress you out physically, emotionally, um, financially. Um, and yeah, of course, you're supposed to do spiritual counseling with coven <laughs> members. That's just part, part of the role. But you have to be able to recognize, um, you know, you do that because, you know, you're, you're once born psychologists and psychiatrists who consider any type of religion to be a mental illness are not going to do them much help. You know, but you've also got to recognize that some of those people do need professional help and you can't help them and they can't function in the government and, and you've got, got to let them go. Yeah. And that, that's hard, you know, um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's a reality. You know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this will be a viable manuscript, too, maybe yeah. for this publisher of, if they're, they're taking me on, I hope. Yeah, I'll knock on wood for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I want to thank Aiden Kelly for letting me record that conversation. And remember, uh, he's got books, he's got stuff available. If you are interested in in reading his stuff, I do actually recommend that everybody, like, his work is kind of deeply important for the history of the movement, whether you agree with him or not. So I'm going to uh, include some links in the uh, description on YouTube and in the show notes for the normal podcast version and obviously on my website at bsforwitchcraft.com. I'll put links there and uh, please consider, you know, sending a few dollars his way. I know he'd appreciate it. I want to thank you guys, though, for tuning in to yet another month of this. Uh, we've given you a few long episodes. We're going to go back down to the shorter length, probably starting next month. But who knows what can happen in life. Remember, this show is brought to you by my lovely patrons on Patreon. Remember, even at a dollar a month, you can get episodes like this a whole week early. And again, I want to give a shout out to the people at my uh, shout out tier of Stephanie Graves, Lindsay Dosey, Bruce Norville, Courtney, Amber Schmidt, Neko of Truth, Claire Dennis, Kayla Burkowski, and Katie Williams. And, you know, I understand if you can't afford to contribute, uh, that's cool. Uh, but just consider passing this show around social media. Um, you can follow me on social media. Uh, I'm uh, T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N.tumblr.com. I, that's the big one. You can follow the show on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash bsfreewitchcraft. I'm on TikTok um, at the username T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N um, on and off. Like I'll go through spurts of being active for like a month or two and then like take six months off. But right now we're in an active pattern, at least when I'm recording this. Who knows by the time the episode comes out, I get frustrated with witch talk real easy. And then technically I'm on Twitter still. <laughs> I, every time I say that during a recording, I'm always like, will Twitter still exist by the time the episode comes out? Who knows? At time of recording, I'm still on Twitter at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N, although mostly it's just pointing towards my Tumblr at this point. Uh, 
Yeah, and remember, we're part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network, and if you want to have conversations with me and other hosts of Nerd and Tie Podcast Network shows, join our Discord, and you can find an invite for that at nerdandtie.com slash discord. And, you know, remember, there's a bunch of other great podcasts on the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network, including Hex Positive, which is coming back in 2023 after hiatus. So, uh, Brina Garen, uh, author of Grove Daughter Witchery, is just, her, her show is great, and you should listen to that if you want more uh, witchcraft podcast stuff like honestly if you're if you're listening to this show and you're not listening to that show you should also listen to that show <laughs> it's just this is a they, they go together we're like peanut butter and jelly it's it's it should be your 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 full witchcraft sandwich sandwich I, I could have made a good pun there and I just did not and that should tell you exactly what kind of <laughs> A week I'm having. (laughs) So, hope you guys all have a happy new year, and I will talk to you again in January. Remember, magicians, dirt in our fingernails, brick in our hands.